Many investors or home buyers want to know how they can increase their borrowing capacity so that they can afford to purchase the property they want. Also, they can go out and they can purchase more investment properties. Hi, I'm Ryan McLean from PositiveCashflowAustralia.com.au, where we teach people like yourself how to find and invest in positive cash flow properties all over the nation. Today I sit down with Brad from oceanhomeloans.com.au and he shares his insights as a mortgage broker into how investors or home buyers can go about increasing their borrowing capacity so that they can borrow more or they can get a better loan. This is an awesome interview and some of the tips that he gave I had never heard of before. So it's definitely one worth listening to all the way to the end. So here we go, here's the video with Brad. Hey, this is Ryan from Positive Cashflow Australia. Today I've got with me again, Brad from Ocean Home Loans, which you can find at oceanhomeloans.com.au. And today we are talking about something that I think is very exciting, which is how you can increase your borrowing capacity. So thanks for coming along today, Brad, and hey. letting me interview you. Yeah, it's great, Ryan. Uh, so we wanted to talk about ways that investors or even first home buyers can increase their borrowing capacity. And we were talking about this before the video and some of these things I had just never heard of. So I'm pretty excited to get your insight today. Oh, that's great. Yeah, look, you know, there's, there's the sensible ones, such as not having uh, a lot of other debt. Um, the common one is obviously credit cards. Yeah. Uh, credit card is not what you own a credit card to them. It's the limit you have on a credit card. So flashing around that platinum $25,000 <laughs> limit credit card or $30,000 limit <laughs> credit card is not the greatest thing when it comes to borrowing for your first home loan, for sure. Because that equals $9,000 off the gross income that you have per, per year. So I think people, investors and buyers need to understand this. It's not how much debt you have on your credit card. It's how much limit you have. Because you or I could go out tomorrow and we could bet it all on black at the roulette table and it could come up red or green and we could lose it all and have that debt. So the banks are going to take into account the repayments that you would have to make if that credit card was full. That's exactly correct. That's exactly how they treat it. They treat it as an unsecured personal loan. So if, if that credit card was full, then they're saying, well, you're probably going to have to pay about 30% of that per year yeah. as an estimate. So for $10,000, you're looking at an extra $3,000 in serviceability that you're losing every year. Yeah, income serviceability. Yeah. yeah. So that's one thing to look at. What else can we look at to increase our borrowing capacity? Uh, for uh, obviously having clean credit is another one. It's a simple one. Um, if you've got uh, multiple defaults on your credit file, you're more than likely not going to be acceptable to a mainstream lender you will have to go to a non-performing or specialist lender. Uh, and as you're considered a greater risk, they will charge a higher interest rate. So they, it's like lending, it's, it's rate for risk. Yep. Yeah. So clean credit's an important thing. So that's a simple way of just making sure that you have conducted your financial affairs correctly, yep. promptly with new changes to the Privacy Act and how credit is being recorded. Um, you need to make sure you pay your bills every time and on time. Yeah, so a lot of people don't know that there's new changes to the Privacy Act that are about to come in 1st of March, is that right? 1st of March, yeah. And so it'd be a lot stricter on the defaults that you have with your bills and the banks will be able to see a lot more of... It's more bills. information available to the lenders as opposed to the, 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 the default. A default is a default. That's something you haven't paid. Uh, but they will be recording whether you are late 
or didn't pay the full amount on time. And that just gets recorded as a missed payment. So more is that on anything that we have, like on our credit. phone bill, internet, yes. um, home loan? Yes. Yeah. Anything that where credit has been provided, where you're in a contract. So from, from the phone point of view, obviously not a, a pay-as-you-go. Yeah. But if you've got a contract with Telstra, Vodafone or whatever, your electricity bill, your telephone bill, your gas bill, utility, everything like that, that is available to lenders if it's recorded. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to all record it, but I honestly don't believe they won't. Yeah. I believe they record as much as possible because it's all about their more information they have. They believe they do better decision making on giving loans. Yeah. And so moving forward, we need to be even more careful about paying our bills on time than mm. we already had to be careful about. True. Because there was some level of leniency before you got a default on your credit file. You know, you might pay a bill late or something like that. Whereas now they'll be able to see if you've paid your bills late and that could affect borrowing it, capacity in the future. It, it, it most certainly will. Yeah. What else can we do to increase our borrowing capacity? Uh, a simple one is as one lender, if you apply for a fixed rate loan of three years or greater, they treat the servicing of uh, your application differently. Uh, this always ends up in being able to borrow a greater amount. They're comfortable, the lender, because they know you've got the same repayments for three years or more. Yeah, and so a lot of a lot of people, especially a lot of investors, kind of shy away from fixed rates uh, for whatever reason. But you're saying that fixed rates, in some circumstances, if you need that extra borrowing capacity, that could be the advantage that you need is by going with a three-year fixed rate or more. Three or more, yeah, works for obviously your own home purchases as well, but for investors. Uh, very much so, uh, and then investors really should look at fixed rates because investing in property is not a short term, it's a, it's a long term and I think in the current climate, fixed rate, three year fixed rates have never been this low. Yeah. So if you've got investment property, I would be seriously considering looking at uh, fixing for three years or even greater because as long as you're going to have a long term hold, it'll be a, a, the surety of repayment is fantastic. Yeah, um, I think with the fixed rate, I think uh, after speaking with you, if you're looking at that and you want to increase your borrowing capacity, then I do think going to a mortgage broker is going to help you do that because, you know, as we've discussed in past videos, different lenders use different criteria to work out what you can borrow. And some lenders with a fixed rate, you're not automatically going to get more borrowing capacity because some lenders will still, you know, add a bit of a buffer to your borrowing capacity despite having a fixed yeah, they rate. Yeah, they'll have a standard rate that they will service all loans for whether you're applying for a variable, or fixed, an interest only, a principal and interest. They just have a standard rate. Yeah, so just because your interest rate that you're getting is 5% doesn't mean the bank is assessing you on an interest rate of 5% for serviceability. The banks are looking for security, they're looking into the future, and so they're going to add a buffer to say, well, we're actually going to check you out at 7%, even though you're not paying that today. But you could well be paying that in two years' time. Yeah, so, we don't know what's going to happen with interest rates, so who knows? Who knows, who knows. But yeah, that's just common sense lending approach, being responsible to their clients, thinking that, well, if there are raises, it still can be paid. Yeah. And during that period of time, you could then make decisions yourself to say, well, it's getting closer and closer to what I'm not comfortable with, maybe I should be looking at fixed. Yeah. yeah, and that's why a fixed rate can give you more borrowing capacity because the buffer that most lenders will put on a variable rate 
won't necessarily be added to a fixed rate that's over three years. Yeah, there are several lenders that, that look at it that way. It's not the most common of practices, but there are several lenders who, who look at it that way. Yeah, and so you really need to know which lenders do this. So again, go and see your mortgage broker, someone like Brad or whoever you choose to go to. So what are some other ways? That's one that I didn't know of and I was excited to find out about. But what else is there? Right, I think the majority of the other ones, that's most of the things covered for purchasing your own home. But for investors, there are there, there's several more. Obviously, investors are aware of uh, the benefits of a negative gearing. Obviously, I'd rather have a positively geared property because it's making me money. I'd rather make money and pay tax than lose money and save tax. Yeah, but if you are, if your portfolio or your investment property is negatively geared, or you are purchasing a property that will become negatively geared, not all lenders give you the benefit of the negative gearing in the serviceability of that loan application. Yeah. But yes, obviously, you're making a loss. It's like a business. Uh, you make a loss. There's obviously an offset of tax uh, yeah. against that. Uh, but that offset of tax, some lenders will take that offset into account, whereas some lenders won't take that offset into account. Correct. So by going with a lender who will take that offset into account, you may be able to increase your borrowing Borrow capacity. But always speak to your financial advisor always, when talking about negative gearing. Yeah, always speak to your tax accountant yeah. or financial advisor. Yeah. Disclaimer, disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. And look, it's got to be said because we are not licensed to provide advice on negative gearing. Yeah. We can utilise its benefits when atten- when when looking at loans for people. So we keep it at that. If you really need the advice, we, we I always would recommend them on onto a, to an account. Yeah. Uh, other things that that banks do differently is not if you happen to be um, a commission earner or you do a lot of overtime or you get a lot of bonuses, you may have a second job. Uh, which is you know, part-time, 10 hours, 15 hours a week. Every lender just about treats every one of those situations differently. Some will only accept 50% of the income from the second job. Some will accept 100, so that's obviously going to increase your borrowing capacity. Some want two years uh, evidence of your bonuses or your commissions. Some may only want 12 months. It's a combination, it's a, it's a very complicated matrix, so to be able to utilise all of your income needs to be utilising using the right lender who will take into account all your income at its maximum amounts. Yeah, so if you're working on a commission basis at all, like I used to be a pharmaceutical rep, and a large portion of my income, 40% or more, was commission-based. And so for me, choosing a lender who's actually going to accept that commission is going to make a huge difference than going to a lender who will only accept 50% or who won't accept any at all. So if you're not just your standard full-time employee, be casual or part-time or commission or bonuses, then you really need to find the lender that's going to, I guess, suit you best. Yes, that's really part of the investigations is your 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 income position can very much dictate the type uh, or the lender that would be best for you. Yeah. I think what finally else could there, uh, could there be is other bank debt for investors, and this is a, a slightly more complicated one. Uh, we've talked about servicing. If you have already got... Uh, in an investment portfolio, you may have one or two two loans uh, existing out there and say they're at the moment of 5%. And you want to get another investment property for your portfolio, and interest rates are around 5%. Normally, that new bank would service you at 7%, which we discussed before. Because they've added that 2% buffer. buffer. And they would do that on all your lending, even though they're not going to get the lending on your existing loans uh, for affordability. But there are lenders who will assess your application for this loan only 
using the actual interest rate that your other loans have. So you might have two other loans that they're assessed at 5%. Your new lending is assessed with the buffer, but obviously by reducing the interest rate, they're calculating your existing loans up increases the amount you can borrow. So basically, if you have multiple mortgages, some lenders will look at the mortgages you have and will add a buffer to that and calculate that as your serviceability. Whereas some other lenders will look at the mortgage you have and the interest rate and leave it at that and won't add a buffer, meaning the repayments that they expect you need to make will be lower, meaning you've got more money available for borrowing with them. I couldn't so, have put it better. That's exactly what it means. Yeah. When Look, there's no point us going into, well, which lenders do this and which lenders should I go to? Because truthfully, everyone's situation is different and these things change all the time, yeah. daily. Rules, regular, yeah, constantly, constantly. Yeah, so there's there's no point us saying, well, you should go to this lender for this situation or that for that because really what we say today might be different tomorrow. Uh, 99% <laughs> will be the same, but yeah, there's, always, there's always tweaks, there's always little changes coming. Banks come out with new policies. Mortgage insurers come out with different policies. Times change. Banks get conservative when there's troubled economies. So, yeah, use a mortgage broker who has access to all the information is what, I'm, is what we're trying to say. Yeah. I have access to the information of all the lenders, whereas you've got to go and call every lender yourself and ask every question. Yeah, so you could pick up the phone and you could call 30 lenders and you could ask 30 lenders, you know, what the situation is but they're all going to try and sell you on their loan anyway. Yes. You know, I, when I was talking to Don the other day, he was saying, look, every investor needs to have their investment team and you're looking at, you know, you need an accountant, you need a solicitor um, and one of those people that you do need on your team is a mortgage broker and someone that can look at all of the loans for you and help you assess which one's best for you. So I do find the mortgage broking industry and the service very helpful to many investors. And so I would recommend, especially if you want to increase your buying capacity or if you have, you know, really, I say anything that's out of the ordinary, but almost everyone has something that's- We're all unique. <laughs> yeah. So we're not all been in the same job for 30 years, earning the same amount of money. So there's always some little quirk in our lives. And so I do suggest, I suggest that everyone who's getting a loan should look at at least consider going to a mortgage broker and getting their advice. Yes. I'm As you can see through this video, Brad has a wealth of knowledge on the different aspects of it. And some of those things like the fixed rate and the buffers was not necessarily things that I knew. So just by sitting down today, I've gained a wealth of knowledge. Excellent. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming. If you guys want to get in contact with Brad or if you want to access more information, he has a blog which he updates on a regular basis. And you can check that out just by going to oceanhomeloans.com.au. And I do believe that you service people all over the country. Is we that do. right? Yeah. Yeah. So with a mortgage broker, they don't have to live next door. You can pick up the phone, give them a call, and things can be done over the phone, over email, and so forth. Um, Skype. Skype? Yeah. Skype chats, video chats. Yeah. yeah. Any way we can communicate. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thanks, and Ron. hope to catch up again soon. Great. If you liked what Brad had to say, 
because I did. I had no idea about some of those things that fixed rates can increase your borrowing capacity or even the fact that by having a mortgage with another bank, they won't add that buffer to it so it could increase your borrowing capacity. All these intricate little things that you would never know unless you saw a mortgage broker. So if you want to get in contact with Brad and take advantage of his expertise for your next home loan, he does offer free services for almost all of his loans, then go to his website which is oceanhomeloans.com.au. Or if you want our full list of mortgage brokers, then head over to positivecashflowaustralia.com.au forward slash brokers and you can check out our list there which Brad is on that list. So thank you so much for watching this video. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much Brad for taking the time sitting down with me and sharing your knowledge with my audience. So until tomorrow which is when the next episode comes out, stay positive. Yeah!